0: Red
1: eyes staring back at me. That they're gonna show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point it kind of converge into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial, you'll realize that aliens are the gods of old and at that point it'll like religion out of the context of humanity.
0: No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that.
1: E Everything that you listen to her speak about in our previous episode has led to her actually becoming a part of a paranormal group in Texas and going out and actually doing investigations into haunted locations and servicing clients that need their type of service.
0: Thank How you for you. having me. Yeah, I'm good,
1: you know. An interesting. You may you may realize if you listen to our past episode that we had some unusual, some phone problems and electrical problems, and when we started this episode, we continue to have problems. So Emily and myself are starting to think that there is somebody in the spirit world that obviously has an issue with us talking.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all that I can think of. I mean it's just it's too many occurrences happening in different ways that have halted like our whole process. Like, I don't know. It's like, okay, power outage, sure. Like that happens randomly, you know.
1: On a a sunny day.
0: Right, exactly. But you never know. It could happen, right? It could happen. And then corrupted recording. Okay, yeah. Like, that's a little bit strange, but sure. You know, it happens. Yeah. yeah. And then get back to the same story that I was telling before, was where we had to...
1: Same yeah, exact Where
0: story. we had to continue, and, and for some reason, like, the line disconnected. And my phone didn't move. You know, your phone didn't move. I just don't understand.
1: <laughs> I don't yeah. either. I really don't. It is... Uh... As I was saying to you before we started recording, my phone goes in the same spot every time I do one of these interviews, every time I call somebody, and I have not had a single Mm -hmm. problem like that with anyone else. And, you know, I mean, you could chalk a lot of it up to coincidence, but the fact that it happened again during the telling of the same exact story that happened was kind of mind-boggling.
0: Yeah, my brain still so. isn't, like, wrapping around <laughs> it, like, fully. It's just, it's interesting. That's all I can say. That's interesting, you know, something to think about.
1: <laughs> it is definitely something to think yeah. about. I i don't even, I mean, I, w- I wish I could say something that would be, you know, I wish I had something to to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I really just feel, like, a
0: loss for words I'm clueless. about it. You know, like, I just, like, don't understand why it's happening, and... I don't know. Maybe there's like, maybe, 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 you know, that dude knows I'm talking about him. He's like, I don't want you to be talking about me like that. And who knows? Maybe he like teleported here or something to hang up my phone. I don't know. (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Strange. Uh,
1: But like you said, on your end, it did not show any call fail. No,
0: it didn't. and
1: and and on my on my end it sounded as if you hung up on me
0: which i i didn't touch my just got the
1: the beep beep and 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 you were gone Uh and then multiple tries of calling each other back you were calling me i was calling you and you were getting disconnected as soon as it picked up
0: yep so bizarre yeah bizarre yeah
1: well Hopefully we can get through yes, this interview <laughs> and you can tell us about, you can tell us about your investigations there in the state mm-hmm. of Texas and uh, hopefully we won't have any more mm-hmm. problems. <laughs> so if you would go ahead. Yeah,
0: sure. Okay. So I guess we'll get into how I even got into the group that I'm in and then, you know, kind of what we're about first. Right. Cause I feel like that's important to know. And I got, I began working with this group in like spring of 2019 and yeah, yeah, in 2019. And I had came across them because a coworker of mine, you know, telling her a little bit about my stories and she's like, do you ever want to like investigate? Like, would you be into that? And I was like, yeah, like especially something I've, I've been wanting to do. I just don't know how to go about it. And I want to do it the right way. Like, I don't want to do it the way they do it on TV. Cause I just knew like deep down, like that's not the way that I would like to do that. Like I just knew that wasn't for me. And, uh, So I I went onto Facebook back when I had Facebook and I saw that a local group was actually doing like a little free, like beginning paranormal class, like 101, like the things that you need to know to start investigating on your own. And it was at the library and it happened to be that weekend. And I was like, "Uh, yes, I'm going. It's free. It's at the library. Like it's not at some person's house. Like I'm signing up. I'm going. So I went to this class. And I didn't realize it until I got there, but it's actually a two part class. And I missed the first part because I didn't even know about it, you know, even the week before, like I had only known about this for like two or three days at this point. And, uh, so, you know, I went to the class and at first, you know, it was interesting because the leader of the group, he's been investigating for, well, at that time it was about like 18 or 19 years. And, um, so he is really knowledgeable and I really liked the, what he had to say, you know, he was very cautious, um, and making sure like that he was giving out appropriate information. And, uh, he had us like run through exercises with his equipment. So that way you know how to use it in case you went and bought it. And it was great. And, uh, I don't know. I liked the overall vibe of the group. It wasn't like one of the, like what you see on TV, like where people, um, you know, certain large ghost, uh, groups uh i try not to give their name out <laughs> but they, they they think everybody everything's a demon and they think that if you mm-hmm. yell at it and swear at it and say use my energy that that's the way to go and i was like nope uh no thank you i'm not going to have anything attached to me and go home with me like i'm passing on that but uh, you guys have fun with that it's good for you know entertainment purposes and
1: <laughs> you know it's funny that you, it's funny that you bring up those um uh, those other groups uh-huh. that you know do just exactly what you said yeah. you know curse at it yell at it uh, use my energy everything's a demon and i think in our in our previous episode i mentioned to you that you know i was i was kind of struck by your ability to be so positive about the experiences that mm-hmm. you've had almost to the point where you you kind of laugh at some things and and kind of giggle mm-hmm. about it a little bit um to me that tells me that you have not been jaded by those type of television shows into thinking the same way that they do. And, you know, well, not that they do, but the way their producers do that, everything that's beyond the veil is, is something that is dastardly Mm -hmm. and, and and has bad intent. So it's a, it's a breath of pressure. Yeah.
0: No, Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like I said in the, the previous interview that, in my opinion and what I've come across is, um, most things that are out there that you encounter and have experiences with, you know, they're going to be good. Like it's not going to be out there to harm you. Um, you know, it could be someone's 90 something year old grandma for that, you know, and if you're sitting there and you're cursing at it, like at her and like saying, you know, come scratch me (laughs) demon. Like, you know, like that's not, that's not okay. Like, would you say that to someone's grandma and realize like, no, I hope not. You know, (laughs) right. Yes, exactly. so, I don't know, I was just looking for something that kind of fit how I would like to investigate. And this group was like, perfect, right? It happened to be the very first one that I saw that I looked into. They had a class that weekend. I was like, this is great. Like, and um, the leader of the group, to get back to the story, um, he he hosts his class for like two different things. One, to provide safe information for people who might be interested in doing it themselves. So they don't get hurt or get other people, you know, hurt. And two, Mm -hmm. um, to potentially use the people that come to class as like recruits for his team. And he doesn't really like say like, Oh, if you do good, you know, I'll contact you and maybe you'll have a shot. Like he doesn't do that. He will contact you afterward and be like, Hey, so like, I noticed that you were in the class. Like, I, I think that you have a real, like, talent for this. Um, would you like to go on, a, a like, a trial investigation? And, like, it'll be, like, a mini, like, three-hour thing with the other team members. And we'll just see how we all drive And if it works out, like, you know, like, you can be a part of the team. So, so I was like, yeah, like, let's do this. Like, <laughs> we went to uh, his old... uh office that I used to work out of. Um, he worked out as like a, an old, like he was a AT&T technician and um, so he we went to his old office which had like these stories and some of his old co-workers had seen stuff there and we just did like a, a three hour long thing and, and I don't know, I guess he like had a like, little meeting with like the other members that were there at the time and yeah, they, they wanted me to be a part of the team so like that's how I officially got in, you know. I felt good about it, you know. I've learned a lot from the team and and some pretty cool uh, investigations. you know I've been uh, places like where um, ghost adventures have actually investigated, and then also places where they want to investigate, but the the people won't allow them in because like they they don't want that associated with that the the place. yeah yes. Uh, really? yes. Um, there's actually a school here, um, a community college, El Paso Community College. There's different campuses throughout the city. and the campus that's downtown, mm-hmm is uh, extremely haunted, and I have got to investigate it a few times. And we do tours there in October to raise money for, like, some of the student foundations. Um, everything that we do in the group is oh, non-profit. Nice. We don't charge for it. If we do tours, we don't get a penny from it. We just donate our time, and it's because we love it. You know, like, we're not here to yeah. try to make any money off of it or get things from it. And it's really just about...
1: And not trying to get a gig on the travel yes, channel. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's not, it's not like that at all. You know, <laughs> it, it's all about being scientific and being, you know, respectful and appropriate and um, helping people who need help. And that's just... Re-
1: Did you want to take an opportunity to plug the group sure, that you're with? Sure, yeah. And-
0: um, so the group I'm actually with, um, we have a Facebook and a YouTube channel, and that's it for social media. And if you look up paranormal research. Investigations, El Paso, Texas. You should be able to find it. It's, I think that's the name of okay. both the Facebook group and the YouTube channel. I don't know exactly, but I am pretty sure that's the that's the name for gold. And
1: you know, and you, when you first told me about this, I went onto YouTube and I watched a couple of the uh, uh, the videos that are on there. And what I will say is that what you just got done saying, with you know, you guys are doing it for all the right reasons. You are not looking to try to score some kind of a big time show on yeah. a travel channel or history channel or anything mm-hmm. like that. The videos that are out there, if I didn't know better, I would say that this group was putting that video on YouTube so that their other members could access a collection of their evidence. Right. There's not, there's not very much talking. Right. There's no over, there's no overdub. Um, it, it just, it just comes off as a, you know, a collective 15, 20 minutes of evidence that you got while investigating Mm -hmm. a certain, a certain place. And that kind of struck me as being way different than anything that you really come across because everybody's trying to brand themselves or or something of that sort.
0: Which I mean, sure, it would be the easy thing to do to make it like interesting and I guess engaging for the viewership. But at least for like us, we don't, we have a really, I don't know. We want to put out what we find and leave it up to the viewer what they want to think. We're not going to tell you what to think. We're going to give our opinions like in the, in the video, you know, like you'll see text come on the screen or whatever, what we think EVPs say and, and stuff like that. But other than that, like we're not telling you what to think. We aren't trying to make it, um, I don't know more than what it is. Like uh, It's just what we gathered, you know, and it's really up to the, the viewer to decide how they feel about it. You know, I, I know that it's probably not some people's idea of like something interesting to watch, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a good like viewpoint to put out there. You know, if anybody comes across it, like, and they like it, you know, that's just how we do it.
1: Well, I have to say from, from my standpoint is, being uh, somebody who's very interested in these subjects and, and investigating to a certain mm-hmm. extent, obviously not to the extent that you do, but for me to go online, I watch, I've watched a lot of mm-hmm. videos. I've read a lot of blogs. I've, you know, I've read a lot of stories and, and it's kind of refreshing to, to view a video like that because you're not having an opinion. Forced exactly. on you. And, and I think that's, I think that's very relevant. I think it's it's you're recording the experience, and then it's left up to interpretation by the viewer to make up their mind on whether or not what they think. Yeah, because and and I think it's really refreshing. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, there's other channels on YouTube that go into and they pay a lot of money for production value because, like, you know, they they want to get money and same and like have their name recognized. We just want to put out the truth. And that's all that we really care about is like, this is what we found. This is, you know, the extent of what we found and, and you can agree with it. You don't have to, like, it's not going to hurt our opinion any. Um, so I don't know, like I, I appreciate the way that we do it and, and it's everything that I was looking for in terms of finding a team that I could learn from, um, and get my feet wet and actually how to investigate the safe and proper way. So,
1: Now, is your group pretty much local to where you, the area that you live in or do they have like different chapters throughout the state of Texas? No, it's or just they all us. Much-
0: um, But we do travel. Like we go into New Mexico a lot. We've gone to Oklahoma. Um, uh, before I joined the team, you know, that they've gone to Arizona and, you know, other parts of Texas. And I mean, we travel, um, but yeah, I, there's a, it's just us uh, as of right now. I don't know if uh, the founders of the group would be interested in in opening like a, another chapter anywhere, but um mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because like he doesn't want he okay, so I've asked him in the past like why don't you have like a big team or whatever and he's he thinks it brings drama, so <laughs> so we've got like um uh, we've got right now I think five of us. And that's it. Which is, I mean, we've, we've been pretty hmm. like, it's been the same group for the last two years, pretty much. So
1: is there much of a turnover? No. Or?
0: Uh, well there used to be when he would let, um, just anybody in a lot of people would, uh, would just kind of stick around for a little bit or they wouldn't give, um, uh, they would only pick the investigations that they wanted to do and not really be in it for the team. They would be in it for themselves. And, uh, so he ended up changing up the way that he did it. Um, and I guess it works for him and works for us too. You know, we can rely on each other to be there pretty much for every investigation that, you know, we understand like if there's life circumstances or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think most of the investigations that I've been on, I think most of them, every, everybody's been there.
1: Now you have a significant other. Yeah. How does, how does your partner feel about, um, what you do?
0: He thinks it's cool, but at the same time, like he's not, he doesn't always believe in that stuff. I mean, we've taken him on, like, a a short residential one that ha, that we did during the day uh, just for mm-hmm. him to, like, see and experience it. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, for him, unless he experiences something himself, he's not really going to believe it. And, he, and even then, he's probably going to be the type to try to, you know, uh, whisk it away with science.
1: Is that difficult for you?
0: Uh, No, because I don't really care what other people think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's a good attitude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, for me, I know my inner truth, and that's all that really matters. Like, I'm, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm kind of done with not talking about it, because, you know, my whole, my entire childhood, I, I just didn't talk about it, and it really mm, ate yeah. me up inside, and, you know, now that I've embraced it as an adult, like, that's a big part of who I am. So,
1: yeah, and I've, I've talked about this kind of stuff. I mean, from UFOs to, to Ghost, to Bigfoot, to you know, uh, any number of topics that
0: mm-hmm.
1: fall under the the high strangeness category, and I've been into it since I was a young child, and I've dealt with the the rolling of the eyes or mm-hmm. my parents dismissing me every time I try to talk about something, or hey, come here and watch this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in search of it would be on TV, and I I don't know, maybe I I guess I was persistent. <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at my age now, I couldn't give a shit less. If you, if you want to believe, you don't want to believe, you don't want to talk about it, walk away. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's something that I, I find extremely interesting and there's enough people in the world that, uh, you can find somebody to talk about it with.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what's really unique about the area that I currently live in, um, here in El Paso, Texas, um, the area itself is like oh I don't know like ninety eighty five to ninety five percent hispanic and very very Catholic almost everybody yeah. is Catholic and very traditional, so it's actually we've had experiences like where i where I have uh, at least with me I know that it's happened to other people, but on my end um I've reached out to, to businesses or, or uh, museums or places that are interesting, you know, and um, places that I think would be worthwhile and interesting to investigate. And as well as like kind of bring light in to, for the community, you know, like so that, that, that way they can like go out and visit it. And, uh, you know, you try to talk to these, these, these business owners and um, a lot of them are not open to it. And we also sit, so where we sit it's like Texas, Mexico, New Mexico, like on the, the the corner of Texas, like the very, very far west side of Texas. And, um, so Mexico and, and, uh, the El Paso side, um, very like hush, hush. They don't really want to talk about it. Not many people are open to talking about it, but New Mexico, you know, they have the Roswell incident and they're like super all about paranormal and like the the oddities and like the strangeness and like, it's really easy to find places to investigate in, uh, in New Mexico. And so that's like nice, you know, I, I feel like we go there a lot for different things. Actually, tomorrow yeah. I'm actually going to a, uh, an old County jail that, um, that ghost adventures was actually at, uh, for one of their previous episodes. And, uh, I'll be investigating that. So I'm pretty excited. It'll be my first time at the jail. Other part, other team members have been there. Is it the one that
1: had, is it the one that had the wrought iron, iron, uh, walkway that went across the the top where he got scared?
0: No, it's not that one. Um, This jail was on the same episode as the, uh, I think the episode itself is called like Lewis Flat School or something, which is now the Adobe Deli in Denning, New Mexico. And then it was like a two-parter episode, so it was like the first part was that, and then the second part was the Doña Ana County Jail. And um, both spaces were actually... Investigated by the group that I'm in currently, and then because of the evidence that they that we found and put on the internet, Ghost Adventures was interested, and and that's how Ghost Adventures found out about it. So,
1: oh, really? Yeah.
0: So that's that's actually how they they run their show. So you're a
1: feeder system for the Ghost Adventures.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's like, um, same for the Double Eagle. I'm sure that you have or people who are listening. Uh, I'm sure they have watched mm. that episode. It's a it's a an episode that I've seen a lot on TV thing. Um, the, the team that I'm in, uh, the ghost ventures went there because of the team that I'm in the evidence that, that we have found. And then that, oh, wow. yeah. And then the, I, I, um, I, we, I think we went on a tangent and like forgot to talk about the, the community college, but same thing. Like they want to go into that community college, but the, the college doesn't want them there. So Right, yeah, yeah, so I've been there but Ghost adventure hasn's <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: you know it's kind of funny that um that there are actually places out there that don't want that um, you know they want they want an investigation done, but they don't want the stigma of
0: mm-hmm. well it, and it, it's even more funny because ghost adventures they have like a it's like a million dollar like insurance policy in case they break anything, and the reason why, they won't be allowed into the school is because the school wants to have um, the on-campus police officers with them. We had them with us. They want at least one to be with the the team like on the ghost adventures and ghost adventures like, no, we want full access by ourselves and the school is not comfortable with that. So that's why they're not allowed in. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. (laughs) I think it's funny. Like, I don't know. We didn't have a problem like allowing the the officers coming with us, you know. Well
1: you didn't probably didn't have a crew of
0: producers No, definitely who not. Were, uh, but
1: looking to looking to make uh make things seem a little bit more than what they were.
0: Yeah. I mean, but even then, I mean, not everything you see on T V means like they're alone, you know, there's always people there. There's people taking pictures while they're there. Like it's not like they're alone by themselves. Like there's they have their whole production crew with them, so I don't know why why is why is it so difficult to add one more person? I don't get it whatever <laughs> huh. interesting, yeah
1: so tell us about a couple of the the really interesting places that you've been and
0: uh, yeah so um I know that i i sent well I, I sent you the youtube link and then i I specifically sent you two of the the investigative findings that we have for these. yes two one at
1: the firehouse mm-hmm. yep yeah that was that was interesting.
0: Yeah, so the firehouse, normally, uh, places like that aren't going to really reach out to groups. But the way that we actually got in contact with them is that we were on, so it was like myself and the, the leader of our team, we were on the radio, the local radio here, and they were playing some of our EVPs that we found at a at a different firehouse that's like a, a city like right down from them, and uh, and we found a lot of cool stuff there. And so I guess one of the staff members was listening to the radio when we were on and like immediately called us and was like, you guys have to come to our firehouse because we have weird stuff too. And uh, yeah, that, that investigation, um, is one of, one of the ones that like, and, and not necessarily because of the evidence that was found, but because of the emotional impact of myself, like that I felt and that another team member felt and just kind of like the overall, like, um, impression that it left on my mind is like why I hold this one as, like, a really huge learning experience for me. Um, You know, I had been investigating for a while at this point, um, almost a year, and, uh, you know, I was pretty comfortable, like, going in and and doing AEP sessions and and all this stuff, but, um, I don't know, it was a crazy place, like, and that's, like, that the the firehouse itself is only five years old, but it was built next to the old firehouse that had been around. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, for like a long time. And uh, yeah, so like, I'm just trying to think of where to start because I guess I'll just start. (laughs) (laughs) So we split up into two teams. It was like, we did like a boys versus girls kind of thing for that one. I don't know why. It's just that's how it went. It was, so for my team, it was me, um, our one of our investigators named Jackie and then actually one of the police officers from that community college, her name's Jackie too. And she also she does this stuff but so like by herself, she'll like go to cemeteries and stuff. So we were like, Okay, yeah, you can come with us. So it was me and two Jackies. And uh, and then like the guys group, you know, I d I don't remember exactly who was a part of the guys group, but um uh so yeah, for us like we we investigated one half of the building and then they investigated the other half and then we flopped. And while we were investigating, um, we were carrying around um, an obelisk device, which I'm sure anybody who's into watching, you know, paranormal TV shows, they know what this is. Um, Sure. The device itself is basically like an electronic dictionary where each word has a number assigned to it, and it picks up subtle changes in the atmosphere, and then will spit out a word based off of, like, the changes in the atmosphere there's like 2,000 words in the database and this was the very first edition because we had never used it um, he the the leader had he had owned this one I mean basically since it was released and we've been using like newer ones and uh, he was like you know what I want to use this old one for some reason like let's, let's use this one and the entire time that we were, we were using it it was just spitting out words like constantly like it wouldn't shut up and I remember it was like super frustrating at, at one point like um, so they just wouldn't be quiet. And I was like, gosh, like, I just wish it would be quiet so I can And it shows,
1: it shows the word on the screen as well, yeah, too, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So the original one is like a, it's like a speaker by itself. And then they came out with an update of, like, a little, like, screen to attach to it. Like, kind of like with a, I can't, like an aux cable, basically. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so then it displays the word on the screen. <clears throat> and, well, there was this one point. And I don't think this made it into the video because we didn't actually capture this on camera itself. But this is like what was super really strange to me, and I could tell it was something more than just what was happening. So I'm holding this Oculus device, and we're in one of the sleeping areas for the the firefighters, and um, it's in this one that specifically, when there's a female in there by themselves, and that we heard this from like two or three different uh, females that that work there. They will wake up feeling somebody's watching them and they'll see, uh, like a this tall, dark shadow in the room with him. And it looks like a man and they can't make out like any features. It's kind of like a, like a shadow against the wall kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the room will be dark or whatever. And they get scared and they leave because like, they don't like that, like, uh, domineering energy that they're getting from it. So, you know, we were, the three females, we were up there. And in that room, and we were doing an AVP session. And I was asking questions, and I was like, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, can you make a sound for us? You know, wait. And I looked down at the obelisk device just so I, so I can see what it is spitting out because some of the words come out like like, like you can't understand what they're saying because it is such an old device. Um, and so I'm just, like, looking at the screen, and uh, I notice that every time I say the word can you, they appear on the screen, but there's nothing like audible being heard because the, de- the device itself is only made to like output one word at a time. It's not supposed to be two words. And it happened right. every time that I said, can you like any, every time, every single time that I said, can you do this? And only when I did it, not when the other two did it, because I was holding the device, it was displaying it, but it wasn't saying it. And it was, it would come up on the screen like, quietly before I could even finish saying, can you, and it would show, like, can you, like, on the screen, <laughs> I just remember being like, what in the world, like, I felt like, excuse my language, but, like, mine sucked, because I didn't understand, like, <laughs> why this was happening, like, why, I felt like I was lagging in my own, like, time, you know, like, I felt like it was understanding, or whatever was there was understanding, what the intent of my question before I could ask. And I felt like it was mocking me saying, can you, like, can you do this? Like, you know, like that's right, to ask, me the impression I, that I,
1: yeah, it.
0: that was me. That, to me, that was the impression <laughs> that I was getting. Like, like it was being like snarky or like a smart ass. And it was just like so weird. And I was just like, what is happening? You know, cause it's not supposed to happen. And then also in the same room, aside from the, can you, um, do run came up on the screen at one point and. I was just like, man, come on, like, we don't need this, like, do run, like, what are you, I don't understand what you're trying to say with that, you know, and, you know, again, no, no audible, like, voice came out of the, the speaker at all, and I don't know, it was just so strange, I had never seen that before, and, um, I don't think we were able to get it on camera, like, like, the screen itself, um, saying that, but, like, it happened. And it was it was crazy. I was just like, what is this? I had never experienced that before. And, uh, you know, the leader, he reached out to the makers of the Avos device. He was like, hey, like, is it possible for two words to be output at once and no audio to come out? And they're like, no, that shouldn't happen. Like, that's not how the device was designed. So right. So what you're
1: saying is that when you're using electronic devices, things tend to kind of get screwy and, and don't work right
0: sometimes I mean like sometimes like
1: maybe with a phone too well
0: and what's crazy what's crazy is like lately just like in my everyday life a lot of my electronic things have been dying and breaking and I'm just like is there something wrong with me like literally what I was thinking after like the first attempt that we had at recording and you told me that the the Uh the recording was like corrupted I was like what is wrong with me like why is everything breaking like my tv broke like within a few days, uh, like before that happened, my vacuum broke. My car battery that I only had for like a year, um, I went and got my oil changed on and it was at 3%. And it's not like I don't leave my lights on overnight or anything. And I'm just yeah. like, what is happening with me and electronics? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's
1: kind of bizarre.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I just, I'm just like, whatever. I just kind of roll with the punches at this point. Like. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't wow. know. It was strange. Like, the obelisk device saying, can you? Like, finishing, like, before I could even get the words out on my mouth, it would be on the screen. And I was just like, wow. Like, it was crazy. And then, and it the seems
1: So, like, you, basically, you're saying, like, can you turn on this flashlight? And it's responding with... Can you? "Yes,
0: exactly. Can you make a noise? Can you? Can you tell us your name? Can you, like, anything that... The can you question it was coming up with can you and I was and it's not like I was trying to be like an asshole or anything like I was just like doing what I normally do you know just sitting there like trying to feel things out um asking questions you know hoping to get a response but like if we didn't oh well and it I don't know it was strange and and I don't know it was just like that's just one of those things that I think about frequently like because of the way I felt in that moment, like, I felt like my brain was, like, lagging. Like, it just wasn't, my eyes was were seeing it before my, I was spitting it out of my mouth. And I was just like, what is happening? It's like, the time just didn't feel like it was together at that point. Like, it felt like whatever, whatever was happening was experiencing it quicker than my reality. And it just was bizarre. And I was just like, what is this? <laughs>
1: Well, you, you definitely have to have some, some kind of sensitivity to, yeah, I just, to this stuff. I mean, with, with all the experiences from your, yeah. your previous episode and, uh, yeah, because I, I know that device and the device is absolutely designed only to produce one word at a
0: time. Yeah, yeah, that's how they're designed. Like, they're, they're supposed to det- detect subtle changes in the atmosphere or, like, the electromagnetic field or something around it and it's supposed to spit out a relevant word. I mean, you know, a lot of the times that's the words that come out, like, don't really mean anything, and we don't take every word as it, like, as it's, like, the word of God or anything like that. But, um, right. you know, there. every now and then there is a word that will come up that is relevant, and I don't know, that one was just the most bizarre thing that I've ever had with an Oculus device. Like, even the phone app, like, have never like responded that way. Like you can buy a phone app that's a dollar and it it does the same thing, you know, but, um, yeah, it was just, I was just like, what in the world? It was so crazy to me. And like the other two girls that were like with me, they didn't understand. And I was like, you guys, like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know why this is happening, (laughs) but I felt like I was, I'm telling you, like, I just felt so weird about it. Like, gosh, it was strange. And then that's like not even that's not, that's just the beginning, like to the cake, you know, like, you know, we go around the corner and there's a gym, like they have a gym there for the the staff to use. And, um, you know, we, we were in there a good while, probably, I don't know, like 40 minutes or something. We were specifically in that one room because it was just so like, I want that room was different too, but it was a different energy. It was a different feel. And, um, at first what had happened was while you were sitting there, I picked up on two different energies that were there with us. One was a female, and I told them, I was like, hey, I feel, I feel a female here. The second one was, like, just a male, and he's kind of irritated at the device. Like, the obelisk just keeps spitting out words, like, super annoyed with it. And I, I let them know. And I told my the people with me, I was like, hey, you know, just this is what's happening. And uh, all of a sudden, myself and the, the other investigator on my team that was with me, uh, Jackie, she and I at the same time started feeling like an over, Oh my gosh. It was like, this overwhelming sadness. Like I, I don't even know if that is like the correct term to use, but it was like, like deep in your soul, like miserable sadness. And it just came out of nowhere. Both of us felt it. You know, I had been investigating, um, quite a bit longer at this point than Jackie. She was pretty new to our team. I think it was like her second real investigation at this point. um, she was not prepared for it at all and uh she actually became so emotional from the incident that she had to leave the room and uh take a breather and she sat on the stairwell and she cried like sobbed because it was that impactful to her it was it was insane like that emotional whatever we felt like we were hit with it at the same time it was like a bus running into you of just like grief and sadness and just being miserable and it was awful and what's interesting is once she comes back and she she's collected herself and we're not really feeling this around anymore um you know we started new EVP session and I asked something like um did you lose someone close to you like is that why you're so sad and we actually caught a voice um as an EVP like pretty clearly like saying save them and it was a woman and uh it said what? Save them. Like, it was like, save them, you know? And yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it was probably in relation to that emotional impact that we had. So, like, the the voice that we captured on the camera, and I think it was captured on, like, two out of the three cameras that were in there. Yeah, and it was a voice that says, save them. And it's a woman's voice. And uh, it responded to my question, you know, did you having to lose anybody, is that why you're sad? And, and we get to save them, which I found pretty interesting. Um, but it kind of...
1: That's still at the firehouse, correct?
0: Yes, yeah, so it's at the firehouse. It's in the gym um, on the same floor as that other room that that we had. was getting, like, the Ken U. It was in the same floor. It was, like, the upper floor of that part of the building. Well, we decided, you know, like, we don't really feel anything in the room anymore. It was pretty flat, so we decided to, like, wrap it up in the even. And, and, and uh, as we're leaving, you know, I'm holding a camera and we're getting ready to leave. And I hear, like, what sounds like tapping on, like, metal or, like, a little pebble being thrown at the wall or something. And I hand the camera over there. And, I gonna I mean, do an awful job because I, I just did it, like, quickly. I was just, like, and I would ask the question, like, is there, like, anybody over there? Something along the lines of that. And on the camera itself, they actually caught, like a, like, a shadow... Like, like a, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, I did see that. Yeah. yeah, it's like a like a waist height. It wasn't even like that tall, and it ran underneath,
1: right. like yeah. the
0: the the workout mirrors, like pretty quick, you know. And that's the only time that I've ever captured like any visual, like you know, anomaly or anything like that. Um, so I was really proud of that one. So once uh, we re- reviewed all the evidence, and I was like, oh heck yeah, like that's awesome, because <laughs> it's it's actually pretty difficult to. To to be there at the right second to capture things like that because they happen so quick sure. and you have such a large area to cover, you know, you can't have a camera pointed in every direction at once. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it was just awesome. It was like super lucky and I was really proud of that. Yeah.
1: And I did, I did notice that it, it looked like it was considerably shorter than, uh, because I believe at the beginning of that scene, uh-huh. <clears throat> at the beginning of that scene, um, you kind of pan past somebody, and it looks like, um, maybe from the neck down to the mid thigh. Uh-huh. Um, so the torso is in the picture. And then as it moves across the wall and then you see that, that shadow against the back wall,
0: uh-huh.
1: it's, it's considerably shorter, like almost maybe like it would have been the height of maybe mid torso to yeah. the person that was there.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a uh, pretty short. And what's cool is like, I mean, none of us saw it with our own eyes while we were there. Um, We were all looking at it, like, you know, trying to listen for more sounds, And and just because of, like, my gut instinct, I heard something, and I I turned, you know, just to point the camera towards that area, you know. And I asked a few questions, didn't think we caught anything, and we left, and, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That was just, like, one of the craziest locations that I'd been to in terms of how it left me. Um, most places I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I pretty, I feel pretty like confident in what we experienced and I feel confident and, you know, we probably caught something, but this place was just completely different and I had never experienced anything like that. And I just felt, I don't know, like there was like a weird, I don't know, like I was saying, like, I felt like I was like lagging in that one room and then the other room we felt this intense like emotion, like, nothing i'd ever felt before and caught a cool shadow in the same room so i don't know that was a super neat investigation well you know even
1: even though that was a fairly new firehouse and it was mm-hmm. built to the next to the old one you know those firefighters and emt's they they deal with some horrific mm-hmm. things yeah um on a, on a regular basis mm-hmm. and and you almost wonder if at some point does something attach them because they are there at the moment of or very close to the moment of people passing in a, mm-hmm. in a very unpleasant way mm-hmm. and you know possibly do they do they bring that back with them to the the fire station i, I mean, mean is that is that like a place of comfort for them because they knew that they were there to try to save them and even if they didn't yeah that, that's like a safe haven for them
0: yeah so the whenever we investigate a place and we review the evidence, we always present the evidence to the client first. And, you know, we, we put it all together, you know, on a USB drive for them. And we also make like a video for them, like for the client that has everything on it. And not all of what we find will go into the YouTube videos, but, um, but we just give everything to the client and we talk about it with them as like, we're going through everything, all the clips. And we, told them that we believed that the reason why they were experiencing things is is because they are first responders, right? You know, when you're a young child, it's ingrained in you like, oh, if there's an emergency, you know, find someone in uniform, whether that be a cop, you know, an EMT, a firefighter, you know, a doctor, whoever it is, you you go and you go to that person because they can help you. And so that's kind of like the, the conclusion that we got from that is, um, whatever that could be there, uh, is probably there because of previous calls that they've been to. Yeah.
1: I would not be surprised.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and the same thing, like when we did that other, um, firehouse, which is pretty haunted, uh, that was, I, I mean, that was a little different because they had a giant, um, like, uh, electric substation, like right behind the fire House, so that could be amplifying the energy. We had high EMF ratings, like, just consistently throughout. So whatever that was there um, could definitely have been feeding off of that uh, to just kind of stick around and, and, you know, be there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just interesting to think about, like, in terms of first responders, right? You know, they go to these calls. They see horrific things. You know, they have to be professional about it. And when they go home, they probably don't think about it, you know, ever again, unless they have to. And to think that these encounters that they have, like they, you know, someone died on an accident or something and, you know, who's to say, like their energy of that person who passed, like doesn't realize that they passed away and, you know, just kind of hitched a right. Yeah, leg. exactly. And I mean, it's pretty like, crazy. Unfortunately, it, it, it tended it tended to freak a lot of the the firefighters out at that particular station, they didn't really want to talk about it. But <laughs> but it's just a, well, I can imagine. It yeah, it's
1: something that something I've never thought about, but mm-hmm. now that you've brought up, you know, multiple fire stations.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Could, could you imagine, like in New York, mm-hmm. um, with with all the the firehouses mm-hmm. that responded during nine eleven mm-hmm. and and the vast amount of life that was lost. Yeah, I, I wonder if I wonder if any of those fire stations out there experience mm-hmm. things like what you're talking about. That'd be interesting. Any other investigations that are worthy a note? Yeah, um,
0: we did. So the reason why we were even on the radio to begin was is we do this promotional thing for the local radio station um, every October called "Ghost at My Home," and it's where viewers can submit their haunted homes or the haunted businesses and we just kind of view through them and we read like what they experienced you know like on the forum and we talk to the 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 radio um, station host and we all just kind of come up with you know one place that we're going to investigate and that we're going to feature as part of the promotional um, Halloween event and uh, so in 2019 we had this a uh, lady named Stephanie and we chose her out of a, a few of the other submissions. And we thought that hers really stuck out and, you know, we talked to her and we kind of did like a little interview processing beforehand to make sure that it was like a legitimate thing and that we, you know, no crazy person was like trying to scam us or anything like that. So, um, you know, we decided Is to... Is that
1: something that hap- Do yeah. you guys run across that a lot?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> enough. And like, <laughs> it happens enough like to where we talk about it as a group, you know, like just, so you know, like this person tried reaching out to me on social media, you know, they were saying this stuff and they're saying that they have demons in the house. And we're just like, okay. Yeah. Like we were, we are, you know, don't get me wrong. Like we are polite and respectful, like when engaging with the person, but we're not gonna (laughs) go there if we don't feel right about it, like in our gut. So, um, so
1: you do have a vetting process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: You, you critique you critique the uh, the people that are trying to get you to come. Yeah, because... And, and you you make a decision on yeah. whether or not you think it's legitimate or not. Mm-hmm.
0: So the, because, unfortunately, um, it has happened in the past where people try to use terminal teams as a way to get out of a lease or um, to...
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> it, it happens. And uh, so it's like one of those things that we have to just kind of be cautious about. Um yeah, because, like, there's people that come up with some interesting stuff that sounds um, far-fetched. And, I mean, you know, we, we engage with them a little bit, and we just ask them questions. And, you know, we'll, we'll call them and ask them questions again. And we, you just have to be an active listener at that point and, and really see if they're changing the story or if they're adding things here and there. Um, and that just really kind of helps, like, guide you, like, to who's being truthful and who actually needs help um, because, you know... Our time is valuable to us. Like, we do this all for free. We don't charge people anything. Um, and we don't want to be scammed at the end of the day. And uh, right. so, yeah.
1: And that's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to get you off the topic, but yeah, go back to your...
0: But anyway, okay. So, Stephanie's house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we... Okay, so the whole thing with her is she's originally from Michigan. She's from, uh I believe it's Pontiac. I think that's what... I that's where she's from. And so that was, like, super cool because, like, she and I connected, like, really well um, with the fact that she was from Michigan, you know. So it was, it was cool. Um, and then uh, she moved here to El Paso because she has a business, and it was just cheaper to have, like, the warehouse down here than it was, like, keeping it up in Michigan. And um, so she moved here uh, a couple years ago, and she never had any paranormal experiences, you know, prior to moving here. And, you know, she moved in here. She got a house. Um, her boyfriend came to live with her and the boyfriend's brother came to live with her and, uh, on and off her adult daughter and her grandchildren would live with her. And everybody in that house was having experiences except for Stephanie. She was the only person. and, And the only thing that really would happen to her is that she would occasionally hear like, uh, kitchen drawers, like slam shut, you know, when she'd be home alone, things like that. But other than that, she never... Saw any apparitions or heard any voices, but like other members in the household did, and um so she, she just wanted us to come in and uh, just kind of see what was up, you know. So we talked to her boyfriend, and we talked to the boyfriend's brother, and then the boyfriend didn't want anything to do with it. He was actually pissed that you know uh, we were coming, and and the brother like didn't really care, you know. He's a sweet guy didn't didn't mind too much. Um, and so they weren't going to be there the night that we investigated. So she, she decided to have her best friend, Tim, join her. So that way she had, like, a support system while we were there at her house. And uh, she was with us. You know, that's one of the things that we like to do is we like to have the client with us um, while we investigate. One, it's for their comfort so they know that, like, we're not damaging their property. And two, so that way they can experience, like, the way that we go about things and understand that we try to be professional and we're not trying to like emulate what you see on TV and we just try to get answers for them. And I think that they that they really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, word of mouth gets around and, you know, that's how we get a lot of our, you know, future clients is, is previous clients are like, yeah, you know, they did this for me, you know, stuff like that. And, um, <clears throat> so we, we actually went to her house, I think it was like the end of September because, everything had to be prepped and finalized for the radio um, for Halloween. And uh, so we did the investigation and um, while we were there, um, so so the main thing um, about what other people had seen in our house was that there was an elderly woman um, who was like trying to reassure people. There was a child that was seen a few times and that there was growling that was happening like a growling voice that was happening um coming from closet as well as like weird smells like from that closet Mm. um and uh yeah and then like just like random like you know bumps and knocks and doors closing and water turning on and stuff like that um so you know that's
1: a lot of activity
0: yeah i mean it, it happens um it's actually really funny because So do you remember how I was saying that my childhood house was what I was told from my parents was built on an old landfill. Mm -hmm. So her house was the same way as well as her house ran through this old like route. Um, that was like a mail route, like a long time ago. Um, called, I think it's called the Butterfield trail. And, um, so, yeah, there was, like, a lot of things that happened on that trail specifically, like, people getting attacked by, like, you know, Native tribes and stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> these are all just kind of traumatic things in history happened around that area. And uh, so, yeah, so, um, her house, so we did the investigation, and I it felt like while I was there, I was, like, the only person, not the only person, but, I was picking up on a lot of things. I was hearing things like audibly with my ears that nobody else was hearing. And thankfully, you know, the camera captured a lot of what I was hearing. Um, There's a a few voices that I heard, um, like a a woman speaking, like just around us, not like next to us or anything, but like down the hall. I heard like a woman speaking and I I believe we got like a a faint EVP of that. There was like a woman's voice that came through when nobody else was talking. Um, And it happened like, It happened. I say, like, hey, did anybody else hear that? They're like, "Uh, no. I was like, oh, I think I heard, like, a woman speaking. And, yeah, it was like it happened to come up on the audio, which was great because uh, when this happens to me in other places, a lot of the time, like, we don't capture anything. And it it makes me so upset because I'm like, no, because, like, I heard it. I know it was real. And uh, it just doesn't show up. But this house, it happened a lot, like, where I was hearing it, and it would show up. And, um, there was another point I was like, kind of like at the top of the stairs and, uh, they were doing an AVP session in the master bedroom in the closet. And, um, I hear knocking, I think they were in the closet, but I hear knocking. I'm like, Hey, did any of you guys bump into anything? And they're like, no. And they' you know, everybody asks, like, did you bump into something? And they're like, No. And uh, I was like, oh, well, I heard knocking, and it sounded like this, you know, and I, I, I do the little, like, rhythm that I hear, and what do you know? Downstairs, the downstairs camera, capture that knocking, and I I, thought I almost got a right, right? I missed, like, one of, like, the knocks um, in the actual, like, sequence of, of however it went, and I I was like, because to me, it was so loud, and nobody stopped and, like, like heard it. Everybody else was focused, like, on... Um, the EDP session and nobody heard it. And I was the only one. And I was sitting there thinking like, how did you guys not hear this? Like it was so loud. And thankfully it was captured. And like, you know, I'm not crazy or anything like that. So that's good.
1: (laughs) But uh, I just, I can't, I can't get past. I can, but I can't get, I guess I can't get over the, the excitement in your voice. When you talk about these things,
0: I'm telling you, this is my passion. Like I love investigating. I, I love it so much and I cherish like being able to have the opportunity to go to places and to investigate. Like I just, it is my thing. I love it so much. I love, I don't know. It's me. And I like having experiences and learning from them and I don't know. It's just my favorite. I I think about investigating all the time and I was really bummed out because we only did like a few investigations last year in the very beginning of the year before COVID happened. And then once COVID happened, you know, we stopped and now we're slowly starting back up again, you know, but it's been rough. Like I, (laughs) I just, I don't know, it's my, my favorite thing to do. And it's crazy because like before I was investigating and all that stuff, I was super into art and uh, like my main hobby and yeah, I just really haven't, you know, focused on doing any of that stuff because like, I'm so into investigating (laughs)
1: Well, it it definitely comes out in your personality. That's oh, for sure. I mean, that's, you're, you're, that's good. you're you're very bubbly, and uh, I mean, you just exude excitement when you when you talk about this. And yeah, I, I, I think know. that's what makes it such a pleasure to talk with you. Is there's no over the top drama with uh-huh. you know you're, you're not you're not trying to make anything more out of it than what it actually was.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah
1: and that's that's you know part of the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. is you know that's what people want to see because that's what they expect out of certain television shows Mm -hmm. uh, that deal with this kind of stuff but uh, as far as as far as an investigation i mean if you were if you were someone who had a house that you were having instances that you couldn't explain otherwise
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i would certainly rather have somebody come in that would be like you and, and apparently the way your, your group handles themselves mm-hmm. rather than walking in the door and scaring the hell out of you by telling you you have demons and a portal to hell. No,
0: Exactly. Like imagine, okay. Imagine it from the client's perspective, right? Like you're there, this is your home. We're coming into your home and you're already scared because you have things going on that you can't explain. And we're there and we're validating your fears, even though we don't have the evidence yet. And we're saying, Oh yeah, like that sounds scary. Like, oh my goodness, like, you should get that checked out, you know, like, we'll we'll investigate, but, like, you need to bring a priest in or something, like, that would terrify mm-hmm. you, and you would not want to live there anymore, and that's not okay. Right. Like, it's your home, like, we're going to be respectful to it, because that's how we, we would want people in our own homes, like, we're not going to go there and exploit your situation but for anything, like, what's, what, what do we gain out of that, what do you gain out of that, nothing, you know, it's a it's a equal partner relationship that we have to establish a trust, like where we trust you, you trust us because it is something that could potentially be a negative situation. And, you know, it's a very serious thing. And, and I, I, I just don't feel the need to make it any more than what it is. And
1: well, and kudos to the, the leader of your, your group, mm-hmm. the person that you learned from, because They've obviously uh, taught you a, a very, a very good bedside manner mm-hmm. about this, and I don't know. It just seems like it's the right way to go about
0: doing it. Yeah, and I agree. I to me, it seems like the most natural way, you know. And I don't know. It it's what I like to do, and I really appreciate the way that we do it. And you can tell, like, the clients really appreciate the way that we do it. Um, whether it's a business, a, a residential, you know, a school the professionalism that we try to give, like it's very, it it comes across like well-received and it makes us feel good at the end because we're not doing, again, I'll say this until I'm blue in the face, but we're not doing this like for any type of fame or gain or monetary value. We do it because we care and because we like to do it. And, you know, if we can help people while we're doing something that we enjoy, then like, yeah, let's do it. Let's combine it. Like, so,
1: do most of your clients, whether they're a business or a, a, a homeowner, do they kind of insist on uh, anonymity that, that you don't really release
0: um, who they are? Or yeah, so we we ask them first if it's okay if we, if we uh, release any of their footage. Um, and, you know, if they say no, we respect that. Um, Stephanie, she was obviously on the radio, so I can say her name. It's fine. You know, I, I'm not going to say her boyfriend's name or the boyfriend's brother's name. But Stephanie and Tim were both there. They were both on the radio. Stephanie was interviewed by the radio station. And so, like, to me, I feel comfortable throwing her name out there. But, like, with other clients, I'm not going to say, you know, Jim or Bob or Lisa. You know, I'm, I'm not going to name drop like that.
1: What are, like, when you guys go to a, a business or a, or a residence when you first when you first make contact with those people mm-hmm. are they are they typically scared out of their wits or are they more are they more confused um, is, is it is it not as dramatic as as one would expect or or is it
0: it depends on it's kind of a case by case basis so we did a business here where uh the the owner of the business um he was in the military as a helicopter pilot and um, he does that civilian side and like as a part-time job. And then he has his, his gun shop. And um, for him, he, it was like, he was experiencing things, you know, he would, he would do like little scientific tests on his own, but uh, he just wanted answers. You know, he just was curious about it and uh, reached out to us and, you know, we went in there, did his investigation and um, presented the information and, you know, some of the things he agreed with and some of it he didn't. I mean, he was there for the entire investigation, but mm-hmm. you know, we aren't going to tell you how to feel about the findings or whatever. Um, so like you have people like that and then you have other people like Stephanie who was confused and it, like she had some experiences, but it was like other people in her family that lived there that were experiencing more than her. And she was just like, is hey, it the house? Do I need to sell the house? Like what is going on? You know? And then you'll have other clients, like they're truly, actually scared and, you know, those clients we have to be very, you know, gentle with and very cautious on how we speak to them. And that's why we use terms like energy. We don't say like ghosts or haunting or spirits or, you know, anything like that. We say it's energy. You know, we always refer to it as energy because mm-hmm. it's a lot less scary if you look at it from a scientific standpoint. And, um, you know, a lot of the things, you know, that that, that they think that they're experiencing could be uh, overstimulated by a fear that they have. So like a normal thing, like a a pipe knocking on the wall, they might think is, you know, a dead person or something in their house and they get freaked out and they're like, Oh my goodness. Like, I just don't know what to do anymore. I'm about to move. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a circumstantial um, and new experience, all sides of how people feel about things. Um, So yeah, I I don't
1: know. have you, have you been a part of an investigation where your group has decided to pull out of an investigation because there was an overwhelming feeling of,
0: um, no, benevolence? but at Stephanie's house the one that I've, I've been talking about, um, there is a negative energy that's attached to her boyfriend and he made himself very known to me while we were there. I mean, he was trying to intimidate me, but, like, at first I didn't, like, pick that up. Um, and it wasn't until later that I realized that that's what he was trying to do. Um, and it, from what I understand, from what I've been told um, of, like, the, the, the leader of the group, he has only had one investigation. He finished it, but he, where he felt the need to use holy water on himself, on his equipment, and on the people there. And that was actually at a federal, like, building here in El Paso so, um, yeah. So like he actually felt like there was like something seriously like wrong there. So he didn't want anything following him, following him home and, and he used holy water yeah. at the end of that. But as far as everything else, um, you know, it happens like where there's negative energies, and, and they're not demonic in my opinion. I mean, I've, I've, as far as I know, I've never came across like a demon and then what, you know, the Bible tells you is a demon or whatever. Um, but I have, Come across corrupted, like human energy, like that to me is like sick, and it's trying to stick around for the wrong reasons, and uh, and that's kind of the case with Stephanie's house as as a uh, why a lot of this stuff was happening actually at her house, um, and it's really interesting because what I had picked up at the house I didn't even share um, to anybody until we were at the radio station and and off the air and I bring up to the founder of the group because he's there with me he's being, you know, interviewed with me. And uh, I bring it up to, like, the, the two radio hosts and I was like, hey, so, like, what does this mean? Because I saw this and I don't understand what this was and I'll get into that. But, but yeah, the radio host is like, so, as part of the promotional thing, they, they also bring in a psychic. Um, so, they bring us in. They bring a psychic in and um, the psychic goes around uh, and then, Heals the energies of in the home and cleanses it and cleanses the people there if they want that. And that's part of, like, the, the finishing of the investigation. And, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, she'll come on kind and... put that to rest. Yeah, she'll come on. She'll do an interview with, like, the radio and, and all that stuff and present her findings, like, the day after, you know, we do it or whatever. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, um, anyway, back to the, the house. So I guess I'll just get to like the the negative energy that I felt. Um, We were in the boyfriend's brother's bedroom upstairs. It's down the hall from the master bedroom. And uh, while we were in there, I was uh, leaning against this like little dresser. And Jackie, who was a part of the firehouse investigation, she was also there for this investigation. This was actually her very first investigation. And, um, while we were there and we were in the room and we were asking questions and we had Stephanie, she was sitting on the, the brother's bed and I feel this energy come into the room and it's like the energy of like a six, seven or eight year old boy and I can feel him and uh, he's very excited that we're there very, very excited. And all of a sudden, a drawer that's next to me, and this unfortunately wasn't captured on camera, but but both Jesse, not Jesse, Jackie, sorry, Jackie and Stephanie, I was mixing their, their names. Jackie and Stephanie, they saw this drawer next to me, open slightly and closed. And to me, I thought I just like leaned against like the dresser and like it shifted stuff inside. But they saw this drawer open and closed, like, as I'm like picking up on this little boy. And this little boy is, like, there. He's in front of me, and, and he's trying to get my attention. I don't know what he wants or anything. I, I, I'm i not able to pick up anything other than he's really excited that we're there and uh, that, like, we're friends or something. And while I'm trying to, like, get more from this boy, like, um, all of a sudden, this tall, black, uh, just outline of a person, like a shadow, a thick shadow, uh Shows up behind him, and this thing was like oh, at least seven feet tall, really tall. Um, and uh, he sits there, and he's like looming, and he's like looking down at me. And, and the, the the impression that I was getting from him is like he was like smirking, like like kind of being cocky. And then he leaves. And I so, was what
1: just, you, so with your let me uh, interrupt you real quick. Uh-huh. Your your descriptions are very vivid. Of of your descriptions of the child and the, and this looming uh-huh. uh, tall man, are you actually seeing something, or is this all all an impression of what you're getting? It's, that's in front of you. It's but a not, mixture. You're not actually seeing it.
0: Yeah, it's a mixture of both. So it, it kind of depends on the energy that I'm picking up on. But I see them like in my mind's eye, in the space that they're in, in real time, what they're doing. Um, sometimes I can see distinct features, um, like what they look like, like they'll give me like kind of like a quick vision of how they look and I, I can put it to the outline or and the height mm-hmm. and the overall mannerisms of what they're doing. Um, and, uh, and then as well, as, as far as like how they're, they're feeling, that's all impression based or like what they're trying to express to me. I don't hear them speaking, but I feel the emotional connection that they have and what they're trying to convey through that so like with the little boy I was picking up on like super playful um happy like almost giggly in a way like very bubbly giggly um excited um and he was just like there and uh it was like oh (laughs) he actually at one point like I was like like I'm sitting on the bed and he he came up to me and he like brushed against my face and he told me in emotions that he thought I was pretty. But I was like, Oh, like thank you. Like, I mean, I didn't say anything out loud, but like in- internally I appreciated that. Um, and, um,
1: A little perv.
0: I, I don't think like, He didn't mean it like that, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, yeah, he just said that, like, he like brushed the back of his hand against my face. And I felt like the static energy of that as he did it. And, um, he basically was telling me that I was pretty and so I get back up and I, and I, I wanted to get off the bed at this point cause I was feeling like a little uncomfortable, like just sitting on the bed. Someone bed that I don't really know. I mean, Stephanie was there, but I was just like, eh, you know, I may as well get up. And, uh, so I'm standing up and, and yeah, that, that's when I see this, uh, Paul like looming over figure, like almost mocking me, like, like mocking me I, in a way it was so quick. It was like like a second. He was like in, was there for like a little bit and was like out. And um, yeah, he was just like, you know, no distinct features or anything like that. And um, so I bring this up at the radio station. I'm like, I'm just talking to like the, the founder of the group. I'm like, hey, so this is something that I've been thinking about since the investigation and I didn't say anything when it happened because it was puzzling to me at the time and this is what I saw and, and the female radio, she's like, shut up. I was like, what? She's like, you don't know this because she's supposed to come on tomorrow. But the psychic that was there said that she picked up on the exact same man that you did, like like based off my description when I'm just talking to him, like talking to the, the founder of the group. And she's like, yeah. look, look in this email. And it was written out like in an email of like her findings or whatever. And um, yeah, basically what the psychic felt is that, that he was connected to the boyfriend and was making him like very sick. And had been around with him a long time. And that's why the boyfriend was mad that we were at the investigation and wasn't there. Uh, because he had this thing influencing him and influencing his energy. And um, basically, when I felt him come in for that split second, it was like, I own this. You know, that's kind of like the, the feeling that I like got, like the, the mocking of me because I could pick up on stuff. And it was like he was claiming possession over this small child and of this, like, situation, and then, like, popped out, you know? And um, and I didn't take it on him at all, like, the rest of the night. He didn't come back in. And uh, and so when the psychic came, and she she felt this, you know, thing attached to the, the, the boyfriend, she offered to cleanse it from him, and he didn't want to be cleansed. He, you know, I don't want it, like like, getting angry, and, um, the brother, though, he got cleansed, and the brother, she said that the brother was, like, an empath, and it was mirroring the, like, the, the, the I don't want to say trauma, but, like, the, the that his brother was facing with this negative entity, so she cleansed the brother, and in, like, a, a minute or so, like, the, the brother, he had to step out, and he, supposedly, this is just, word-of-mouth story from what I heard from Stephanie, but supposedly yeah. um, the brother was outside on the back porch and started, like, vomiting this black stuff, like, after being cleansed. And, Ooh. yeah, and, and uh, yeah, the boyfriend was abusing and was, like, super aggressive about the whole process. Like, even he didn't want us there, you know, to investigate, and he didn't want the psychic co- to come and to cleanse the house, and, like, he wasn't present for, like, any of that. But when... I unfortunately didn't get to go to the, the reviewing of the information to the client before, you know, we, we put out on the, the air or anything like that. But, you know, we, we took all the footage, all of the video that we have and all the EVPs and everything like that. And, you know, went to go present it to the client and the boyfriend was there for this, but <laughs> he told the leader of my group that he felt or knew that, he, that the leader of the group was approaching the house because he got angry and didn't even know that he was coming over. Like, he didn't know. But he got extremely pissed off. Like, he was getting about the whole thing prior to. Um, like, when we came in to investigate, when the second came, he felt like that kind of anger again. And while, while the leader of the group was talking to this man, he said, the leader of the group told me that he saw the man's eyes flash completely solid black. And, like, his face looked a little different and it scared the crap out of him, and then it went back to normal. And I was like, holy crap, like, I wish I could have been there to see that, you know, but at the same time, wow. like, I just feel really bad that this man has this energy attached to him and, uh, you know, wasn't wanting to get help because, like, the energy was influencing him and because it, it wouldn't be a host, basically, anymore for this energy. Right. And, like this man had a bunch of health problems and you know he was fine before but like his health was deteriorating he was having like I think like kidney failure and like some other stuff was happening and was losing jobs all the time and it was just really sad and um absolutely sounds yeah, like yeah of spirit yeah and I don't know it was like for me like I've come across you know negative energies before like just doing my own thing. You know, my mom had one at at her house for a while, um, that was using my mom as like a feeding source off of my mom's anxiety. And obviously I let my, my mom know about that and and she was able to ask it to go away. You know, it took time, but it left. And, uh, but like this man did not want help. And I just, I just don't know where he's at today and if he's okay. And, um, I was going to ask, I don't know. Like, like, the fact that this energy popped in the house for a split second as I was doing my thing, like, trying to figure out more information from this little boy, as if to say, you have no control here, I own all of this, and, like, trying to mock yeah. me, even though, like, that wasn't even my intention, you know, that's just what happened. Um, I don't know. I can just only imagine, like, what it's like to be that man who has this thing attached to him and is influencing him and making him sick, like the longer that it's there. And I don't know, like it's one of those, do
1: you, do you think, do you think in situations like that, that it's somewhat symbiotic? Do you think he's aware?
0: I think it's a codependency he, relationship. Honestly, I think it's been around so, so, you so think, long. You, th- that you
1: think the living guy is, is
0: aware. I think it's to some extent, um, because we, we told him and the, the psychic told him and yeah. He didn't want anything to do with it. He did not want to get rid of it. And I think that it's uh, at this point that it's been around so long and it's been with him so long that he's probably afraid to get rid of it because, like, what happens then, you know? Like, what kind of truth do you have to overcome within yourself to acknowledge that this happened versus, like, ignoring it and pretending, like, everything's okay? And I think think that's the psychological situation there um, from his end. So
1: Well Yeah Yeah, I was I was hoping you knew what uh whatever became of him afterwards.
0: No, I don't um I don't know. I don't think they're still together. I don't think Stephanie and him I mean they could be, but last I heard I don't think that they are. So I don't really have a way to like follow up or anything like that. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, so our conclusion of that investigation was because she she had never experienced anything before. But where she was living, like the history of the land, um, as well as having her boyfriend come and move in with her, that's uh, when everything picked up. We think that it has to do with that. That is our best guess as to why she was experiencing things within her home. And uh, I mean, she, as far as anytime we've reached out to her afterward, um, she says that she's still, like, I mean, nothing really changed like she she still hasn't seen anything or anything like that um so i don't know It was pretty interesting um like why she was the only person who wasn't experiencing it, anything but everyone else
1: was yeah that that is strange why would she be mm-hmm. uh, left out well emily another fantastic show
0: well, it's, thank you it's,
1: it's always so so interesting to hear you uh, speak and your uh, your passion for this is uh, very obvious with uh, the way that you carry yourself through the interview you just exude excitement and mm-hmm. you're I just I, I think it's terrific that you you don't you don't follow what most people would expect you know going after the uh, putting a dark twist on everything, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's I think it's great what you guys are doing. The fact that you're you're not taking money for any of this stuff, it's uh, just helping people out and mm-hmm. trying to get people answers for the issues that they're having. I think it's terrific. Yeah. Again, go ahead and plug the the group that you're with.
0: Yeah. Um, should be the same on Facebook and YouTube, and it's paranormal research investigations. El Paso, Texas. And I know on YouTube, if you just like research that, it's going to just show like random videos. You have to actually go into channels if you're interested with that. Um, and then it should be pretty easy to find on uh, on Facebook itself. I, I don't I don't have a Facebook account, so I don't really know like what the logo or like the, the profile picture is anymore.
1: I looked it up on YouTube and it was pretty easy to find. Yeah. But you're right. You do have to look for the channel itself. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Emily, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. And if you would please stay in contact with the show. Mm-hmm. Next time you have a, uh, an investigation that's worthy of talking about, please get in touch with us.
0: Definitely.
1: It's always a pleasure. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for joining me this evening. If you have an experience... There's a topic that you'd like to have covered on an upcoming episode, please contact me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, and leave a review. T-shirts are still available in sizes medium through 2XL. The cost is $25, and that covers the shipping to anywhere in the continental U.S. The show is growing by leaps and bounds, thanks to you, the listener. We've got some great content coming up, so stick around.